amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. When you bet fair on football, you get daily rewards. So any day can be a big deal. So whether it's a lower league match day, a top flight derby day, or a Champions League superstar showdown day, this week we're doubling our daily rewards. Get a 10 euro free bet when you bet 20 euro worth of multiples or bet builders. Double daily rewards because we're bet fair. Max 10 euros free bet per day. Each bet must have at least one selection of minimum odds of 1.5 or 1 to 2 or more. Free bet valid 24 hours on multiples or bet builders. T's and C's apply. 18 plus visit gamblingcare.ie. 21st Hello, everybody, and welcome back to 21st Century Football. It's the Euros. We're getting very excited and cast your mind back to Euro 2004 today. My name's Will Brazier, and we're going to be getting all nostalgic about the tournament. Joining me, as ever, Adam Brown. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm very, very excited about this. Um, this is, for me, one of my favourite tournaments, I'm going to say. Um, I want to start how I mean to go on. Go on. Uh, how old were you in this tournament? Right, this has become a recurring theme. No, but this, this is... Yeah, you you, like yeah, to... you, I know what you, you're Sorry. sort of getting at me here, aren't you? Uh, I was old and I was about 17. So this is this the first drinking major tournament? Because uh, I feel like that's that separates tournaments for people with like... You know, watching it at home for your parents or having a, a bloody yeah, pint. Yeah, to be honest, I probably was... I watched majority of the games probably at home, but I'd probably say there's a couple of beers involved. Wow. Probably would have been, believe yeah. it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave, Wild. how old? What were you? Were you 14 read? years old, I think. Have we gone from pen and paper to spreadsheets now, had we? No, no, I think it was still on pen and paper at this point. <laughs> yeah. Sitting back and enjoying it. Um, it is 2004. We have, we, we have, of course, they sounded very French then. We are setting the scene, as always, by going to Wikipedia, Dave, I believe you're getting started. Just, you know, paint the picture. Euro 2004 was the 12th edition of the UEFA European Championship. The final tournament was hosted for the first time in Portugal. From the 12th of June to the 4th of July 2004, the 16 qualifying teams for the tournament were Portugal, France, Czech Republic, Sweden, Bulgaria, Denmark, Germany, Greece, England, Italy, Switzerland, Croatia, Latvia, Netherlands, Spain, and Russia. Yeah, and I think one of the key things is that this is a tournament full of surprises. One particularly 
huge surprise, which we'll get onto uh, very soon. Uh, and weirdly, a bit of a spoiler alert here, don't, just in case you didn't know how the, this tournament ends or the outcome of it, the first match was the same teams as the last match. So the final game wow. of the tournament was the exact same teams as the opening game, which is weird, incredible to think that that, that can be a thing. Nice bit of bookending. There you go, yeah. And and also, huge spoiler alert, just so I say that in advance. I've got, as always, the official song was called Forza, or Forcha, Forza, meaning strength. It was written and performed by Portuguese-Canadian singer, superstar Nelly Furtado. The song was played at every I match like bird, and performed by Furtado at the closing I ceremony. Um, so we've got the scene there. I want to set the scene because over in England... Um, our official song there yep. were, as we discussed our off air there were other songs the official song was The Farm All Together Now yeah which do you know what I always it's one of those songs which just instantly reminds me of disappointment <laughs> which is quite like a, it's it's a catchy song because you know we remembered it nearly 20 years on but it's just a bit it's just a bit whiny, isn't it? Yeah, it is. What and was the other one that was on oh, there? Oh, um, there was one that was I think it was 442 and it was basically Come On England which was a Kind of a cover version of Come On Eileen. I don't understand how these still getting commissioned. Uh, Someone is wasting a lot of money making these songs. It was essentially take the word Eileen out and put the word England in. And then in some of the verses, they mentioned cross it like, uh, bend it like Beckham, cross it like Gerard, lob it like Lampard, I think it was. I didn't know if he was particularly known for his lobs, but (laughs) apparently in the song it was. But yeah, I mean, it was a a bizarre video as well. They actually preempted it because he had that one against um, Germany in the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, they went, you know, six years. But prior to it happening, they made the prediction. It's all the future. There you go. Um, pre-tournament business as well. Do, does anyone remember the ball at this time? There's a horrendous picture of me in a full tracksuit with a cap on holding the Euro 2000 ball, which at the time I thought was a design masterpiece. You've got, you're, you're really into balls, aren't you, Will? Yeah, I am. Um, and this one was quite unique at the time because everything was you know white panelled, but this yep. was silver with some sort of um, little, I don't know, the lines... <laughs> little what? No, did, did it cause a controversy? Well, it was a break from tradition. It was silver. But um, was it was it one of those tournaments this where you know they went through a phase in the in the two thousands in these tournaments where it was like the ball's unplayable. That used to be an excuse. Jabalani. There used to be a lot of like uh, English press would get it out in early saying, "Oh, the ball swerves all over the place. The keepers have got no clue where it's going to go." Yeah. And I'm like, "That's a great out in case we do really bad in the tournament." Mm-hmm. I've got a feeling this might have been one of those tournaments where there was all kind of controversy around the ball. It looked might have looked great, but when it first came out, you know, thought revolutionary. Looking back, it's horrible. Also, pre-tournament business. The England squad. Dave, is there anyone that sort of gets your passions going, gets your heart alight? No, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a better squad than the, the previous tournament, for sure. I think yeah, it's balance. got a better balance. I think yeah. that's the first thing. Nicky Butts in there, someone that we spoke about. But I think Owen Hargreaves was a, was a good asset then as well. Um, that was when he was kind of a little bit more fit in terms of lack of injuries. At Bayern Munich at that time, top player Joe Cole would just, was just popping off. I think it's a, it's a good squad. Um, I think, you know, looking at the forward line, maybe that's where you could see some improvement there with the two backup strikers, Emil Heskey and Darius Vassell. Then that's an, a part of the squad when you look at and you say there isn't much depth up front. Maybe we're kind of speaking about that early, which has led to no. the later part of the thing. Uh, in a sense, I do respect both those players, but, you know, you're looking at Rooney at Everton, so fresh. And, and my clone was still a very good player at Liverpool. And um, this was the first tournament that I, as a Birmingham City fan, ever had someone to latch onto, which was Emil Hess. Which I've just hammered yeah. and destroyed. Good. Well, we'll get into it, but he actually, and it was nothing to do with him. I think he might actually have given away the free kick, but he actually came on as a sub when we won the up against France. And when he came on, 
we ended up losing 2-1 and I thought I was going to get beaten up at school. Um, I mean, the, the, the squad as well, Will, just to, you know, um, we looked at, when we looked at the previous tournament, Euro 2000, we, we mentioned sort of bridging that gap between the, the older players and then, and then the, the sort of the new crop that came through. This is very much um, the new crop. Do you know what I mean? He's finally gone for the John Terry's, the Lampards, Joe Cole made it in there. I find it quite funny. The two worst players in the squad probably play for Birmingham City and Manchester City. Who's the who's the Manchester City one, sorry? David James. I think he was past his prime then. Oh, yeah, I remember we had the chant though, England's England's number one. We loved it, even though he conceded loads at the time. <laughs> but, you know. uh, no, but I think th- this is, for me, where we started seeing those players really kind of kicking on and the older the older kind of generation had kind of completely gone out of this squad. Ian Walker's third choice keeper was a bit of a crazy one. My first memory of Ian Walker, which I know you're all dying to know about, was... Curtin's haircut. Curtin's haircut, yeah. and he actually appeared in a five-a-side net in goal, saving a penalty against Mr Blobby on Noel's house party. I mean, that <laughs> itself would be worthy of getting in any England squad for me. <laughs> Did he save it? I don't know. I think it might have been one of them like, oh. Blobby's gone left, I've gone right. Oh, well, yeah. scripted, yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah, a bit yeah, of a yeah. weird curveball, um, Noel Edmund is part of my extended family. Very, very strange. Is it? <laughs> yeah. No way. Fuck yeah. me, I've known you nearly two years <laughs> I've now. never met the guy, but he... How extended? Uh, my auntie's sister is married to him. Really? This yeah. is unbelievable. Yeah. Have you ever had a house party with him? I haven't, no, but I've heard there's, <laughs> there's games that they play there. Are you a little bit weird. Has he ever called you on the phone? Nope, never oh. spoke to the man. You ever applied for deal or no deal? No, I've never done that. Won't be allowed under I'm like bad. actual yeah if he's unrelated. Really? Ofcom rules would say he won't be allowed <laughs> to do it. Yeah, yeah. Because he'd be saying, "Oh, Noel's fixed. Noel's fixed it, and he's Change won the money." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we yeah, don't I'm have the same sure. surnames or anything. You do, Dave <laughs> Edmonds. <laughs> um, we'll start now by getting into the groups, and we'll start with England because um, unlike Euro 2000, the group stages. Spoiler alert actually ends in some semi-success, but we start our first game in Portugal against France. Um, and it's as always, it seems in these Euros, that it starts so well. Frank Lampard scores, and we're beating the current holders again. You know, sort of reminiscent of Euro 2000 in the sense that we made such a great start, and it's like, well, what's going on? We're going to be, we're, going to, we're amazing. We're going to do it, and right until the very end, everything was pointing towards us winning, and then Steven Gerrard loose pass. It's very strange, isn't it? It's just like because the the free kick scored by Zidane that's a moment of quality Dave what do you think David James could, it's not on his side isn't it but he gives him the eyes yeah it's a, it's a good free kick and Ziza's obviously pre-done it at, at these tournaments so we know they can do it but yeah no I think Paul Robinson then obviously would have been a bit of a gamble um, I think he'd probably just moved to Tottenham or you know hadn't left Leeds that, that long before mm. but you look at that and I do think David James is a weakness within that squad um, in terms of is he top top quality probably not and you saw that with the Zidane free kick um, and then the penalty as well. Obviously, he doesn't have a massive chance of saving that, but would a better keeper get closer to it? Well, and also, obviously, Gerard's back pass is absolutely terrible, but I just feel if he doesn't need to go in for the ball, it's a moment of head loss from everyone. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, from being 1-0 up in the 90th minute, where we end up losing 2-1 to France, which is a bit of a heartbreak, I, I tell. I mean, do you remember the what happened just before the penalty as well? Oh, go, yes, go on. The infamous uh, Zidane. Yeah. It's like he's got a mothball down his <laughs> throat. A little, just a little, uh, just sicked up, sicked up a little bit and then just bagged a penalty, which is just... And even, even the way he threw up was calm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like normally if he's, he's like a big, it's yeah, a big yeah. drama, isn't it? But he was just like, cool, steps up to the plate. 
puts it away. Do you think he was really nervous or just had one too many the night before? I, did, don't, I, don't, I genuinely don't know. It was it was bizarre though, because remember at the time seeing it and thinking, is that, has that just happened? Yeah. And it's like, no, it has. And then he's put it away and oh, it was just a, just a horrible, horrible moment. But I've got to tell you, even though we lost that game, there was still positive to take from it. I didn't feel like we're done. I know it was only one game in, but sometimes you have a really bad opening game. You think, oh, I know this, is, oh, this, this tournament's going to pan out. But I did think, actually, if we can go one up for that long against France, tighten up at the back a little bit, eradicate individual mistakes, which was uncharacteristic of Gerard, really, to be fair, because he did have a good tournament. I still felt quite positive after that game. Yeah. As hard as, that's, as hard as it was in the immediate... It's the optimist in you. Exactly, mate. Exactly. Dave, what would we be talking about sort of set-wise again? Is it back to four four two? Is this the problem with the golden generation when we've got the talent trying to slip it all into one place? Yeah, I think with the look at the midfield, that's a massive problem. You know, how do you fit them all in? This has been the inherent problem with England for so long. Gerard Lampard's goals, you have to lose one in there you've got to throw you know some sort of workers in there I think Owen Hargreaves came in and did quite well say, you got in an DM, auxiliary man. role but no I think he played wide a bit as well at times for Bayern Munich and for, for England and at fullback so is that utility man in there I think it's a better squad than what we previously had in terms of the, the defence is definitely stand out ahead you know you're looking at the likes of uh, Terry and you know Sol Campbell at that point was very very good and Ashley Cole decent as well. fullbacks Ashley Cole probably yeah. left back of the tournament so there's a lot of quality in there but it's still difficult it basically means you're playing one of Gerard um, or Paul Scholes out of position you know if we could go back in time oh my God, and man. play with a three man midfield it could be great it's like I always think about this particularly with it, with this squad when we had um, the, 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 used to describe it as like the Gerard Lampard Scholes conundrum I was like I just play all of them. Just mm. play three, and it's Should like no one ever thought of that. that. Yeah. No, no, but like, as in that still doesn't work. Yeah, but I mean, putting one out on the left didn't work. Definitely as well. didn't work. No, hundred percent. You, know, I mean? you so, know, you could look at that point. Porto just won the Champions League in a diamond. Yeah, well, you know, we're going to go on to the underdogs later on, but surely that's a bit of a lesson there. You think England? Two great attacking fullbacks. Got Cole, as you mentioned there, probably the best left back in the world at the time. Gary Neville, up and down. Yeah. You've got three potentially really good attacking midfielders in Skulls, Gerard and Lampard. Yeah. And we even had Hargreaves. And, and Beckham sat. in there as yeah, well. Beckham, Beckham, Beckham played yeah. a bit of that quarterback role at a time, didn't he? I yeah. think that was around the time they were messing about with that. But just feel they didn't get that balance quite right. Did you need both of the centre forwards as well as much as Michael Owen was still in his heyday? Was it just about throwing a energetic Rooney up or even being more dogged than that and just playing for an Emil Heskey? You know, there's, there think- is options there. And it does feel like we are going back and we're, we're kind of uh, belittling the management, but it's kind of shown again that they haven't got it right. Yeah. The thing is, though, you'd think at least try one of them. <laughs> I mean, you've got about three different ideas there, Dave. And but we're going back in time again. I'm looking yeah. at from a 2020 angle or 2021 yeah, angle. I don't know. Where it's this is 2004, yeah, it's where, where football has massively moved on. But it is the time of when you know the Makaleli role came to be a big thing in the Premier League. Again, that would have been a perfect solution for England. Then uh, it just feels like another real, you know, missed out tournament in a sense. And I think it shows their mentality once again. It's another time we've looked at England and they've conceded late and lost a game of football in a ver- from a very good position. That needs to be eradicated. Well, it was eradicated as we absolutely slayed the Swiss in the next game. Wayne Rooney, 18-year-old at the time, obviously all the talk and all the promise around him, pre-Man United, but obviously this is the sort of tournament that uh, spurred him on to go to Old Trafford. Rooney bags two, Gerard gets one. That means we go into the final group game against Croatia. Both teams can go through, but both teams together can't go through. So it's a sort of playoff scenario. Uh, we go 1-0 down. But then, eh? Sven finds a way, Dave. That's what he does. He's a tactician. He's a genius. At this time, 
Rain, Wayne Rooney. Was it the dude who met a tarsal in this one or was it the start of the quarters? I thought it was the... I think it was in the quarters. The yeah. the quarters. Game, well, at this time, he scored two in the last one. He scores two in this. We are thinking, we've got the world at our feet, the best young player in Europe and it's coming home. I'm telling you what. Anyone? I, I think that hey? Rooney in that tournament was probably the most exciting player I've ever seen yeah. for England in a tournament by far. I mean, obviously, I'm... I'm old, Will, but I'm not old enough to quite remember the 1990 World Cup. Jeff Ayers got you off your feet, didn't he, back in 66? (laughs) (laughs) He's not that old! Um, No, but for me, seeing Rooney, we could potentially go into the latter stage of the tournament. If we can keep him fit, which is ultimately the downfall of England, Mm. I think, in this tournament. But I think, unbelievable. He just played completely fearless. Just, he he looked untouchable in some of them games. His control, the strength. I was like, I can't believe we've got a player who's this good. I, you know, it's weird because he played so like uncharacteristic of what England had been in previous tournaments that I'd watched, where he was taking you know games by the scruff of the neck. He was running at players. He was direct. He was scoring goals from outside the box. He was scoring simple strikers goals, headers. He just seemed completely invincible in that tournament. But England, England have had players like Wayne before. Paul Gascoigne is another oh, Wayne yeah. Rooney type player, and I think that's. England are now producing more players like that and yeah. it's taken them a bit of time to get there. But now we think of the England squad, how many of those players now do you look at Wayne Rooney and think oh, that, you know, is a similar player there that could do that? I also think that, do you think part of it is not Sven saying play with as much freedom as you want and do what you want? I think that's just Rooney's game. I think he'd have just gone, I'm just going to play like that. No, think 100%. Would... Sven is very much a 4-4-2 organised manager. They, they were organised and it is Rooney himself that carried this England side in an attacking sense, yeah. for sure, 100%. Think about the midfield was more very much of a of a midfield. You say Joe Cole's probably the spark in there yeah. as well um, in terms of you know having that ability to do something to to open up the game. And, and Wayne's very much in that situation that Rooney then was probably you know, one of the best forms of Wayne Rooney because he didn't, his game was very jagged in a sense. Very, very sort of playing on instinct, driving through and not and fearless. And I think that's something that Wayne continued to have through his career. Maybe it got coached out of him towards the end, but at this point, very, very difficult to play against. And, Unbelievable. And beating some of the best centre-halves in Europe. You know, you think of that France team, top quality defence. Um, Croatia as well at that point were decent. Yeah, Niko Kovac, Igor Tudor, good players. Yeah. Good defenders. And I think that's, Credit to Wayne Rooney and the rest of the side. Do you get that sense, Will? In that, especially in that Croatia game when he, you don't, I mean, he already scored two against Switzerland, but they did it again against Croatia. Yeah, and I think, well, we'll come to it when it, it's. Uh, <laughs> I just find it. I mad. did honestly every, every time. I get like, carried away too you, easy. That's what I mean. Like you, you, you win two games of football <laughs> in the group stage. You're like, we're gonna win, <laughs> mate. Honestly, just have a bit of realism. No, I know I can't. Nah. Because I, I can't. I can't What's think the, yeah. like logically. Mate. What's the point of having realism? You don't win one game and think you're gonna win everything. It, it, it's but club football. I do. But so, with international, I completely get swept up in all the fever, me. I can't help it. And no matter well, what. Yeah. Just like you say, the farm's blaring out. I've exactly. got 4 4 2 coming England in the background. I can't help it. Dave, do you, do you not get caught up in the, rom- I just like, the romance like, of it all? I think we, we, as the fans, we drive this media rubbish that comes well, around. Do you not love it? Do you not say a player on these players, follows their wives, introduce, gets involved in their no, life, no, no, and on, we're no, there on, for hang it. On, hang on, we're getting a bit too deep here. We're just saying. We're behind England. If they win, we get behind them. We're not talking about the... All links together. Listen, no, all I, I links think, together. I think, listen, with this scenario, Will, it'd be like, we're having the party where we're after, you know, after the Croatia and we're going, and it, with the yeah, music's yeah, playing, yeah. we've got all the England classics on. Yeah. Vindaloo's going, all the rest of it. And Dave knocks on saying, keep the noise down. Yeah, yeah, guys, come on. I want to think about Man United next year, please. Yeah, I know, yeah. He's there going, I, just I hope Rui don't get injured because we're going to sign him. And yeah, yeah worried about that. That'll probably be more yeah, my concern, yeah, to be honest. We're too busy riding the crest of a wave of, of, of England bringing, bringing the Eurozone. No, and then when it falls apart, you guys are there 
crying, I'm having to console you. Here's a boost bar. Here's a Snickers, Will. Smile. It's only football, mate. We're going to win the Ashes. It doesn't matter. Freddie Flintoff's about to skittle the Australians out. If you uh, ever have a hangover, a boost bar and a Ribena, absolutely. Combination. So that leaves France and England to qualify from Group B. Uh, after slaying Croatia and Switzerland, we send them slugs home and let's have a look at Group A, which includes the hosts. And as Ad alluded to earlier, the first game of the tournament is between Portugal and Greece. And as we said, spoiler alert, those two play each other in the final. Um, but a young Ronaldo pops up with a 93rd minute consolation goal as Greece win the first game. Whoa, 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 you forget. Ronaldo conceded the penalty that made oh, it 2 yeah. 1 to Greece. Foul in the penalty area. Karagunas. Track him back. Karagunas and. Go on, Dave. That's a nasty. Yeah, come on, man. Sorry, yeah. Back yourself. You got it. Um, but no, just to just highlight like that, that kind of shows Ronaldo's naivety at that point. Still quite a young player at Manchester United. Um, scored a really good goal, though, to, to kind of cancel out his mistake. But Greece beat Portugal. I think, was it Greece was the first time in the Euros in 20-odd years or something like that? I think it's 24 yeah. years they hadn't been in, in the Euros. They were making up for it, weren't they? But Portugal, the host as well. Spain in that group as well with Russia. But it's Portugal and Greece that go through, which sends Spain home. And I just want to interject very quickly here, Will. When you look at that table from Group A, um, and again... You know, what I will say is Greece go on to do pretty well in this tournament. Um, don't want to spoil it completely. Uh, but when they actually qualified second in that group, Portugal won the group, and Greece and Spain second and third, Greece actually only got through on goal difference. They bo- well, they've both got the same goal difference here. What, they got goals um, for? Goals, 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 goals for, in fact, yeah. Goals for. So that's how they've That's a free score in Karagounis. Yeah, which is crazy to think that, you know, their, their record in the group stages is 1-1, draw one, lost one. Get them through. Dave, what I found interesting as well, in the first episode, we mentioned that Euro 2000 was almost, you know, sort of the, the dawn of the dead for Germany. It was bad, but mm. it led to recovery. Spain and here going out in the group stage, and then you think what they go on to achieve. Mm. Is that sort of a wake-up moment for them as well? Yeah, I think they, they changed their style. Well, this was pre-Guardiola. I think that's the big thing, pre-Guardiola's Barcelona, which changes Spain, changes Catalonia for the better. And I think that's a, it's a level where we, we look at Spain. It is your Morientes who did get to the Champions League final with Monaco that season. Um, Morientes, Raul, Valeron from, yeah, yeah. oh, from Deportivo, La Coruña, what a team they were. Um, but again, didn't make it out of the group. I think the interesting side as well is Greece drew one, lost one, <laughs> won one, <laughs> kind of stumbled through yeah. in a sense. Could have been very different. We take that though, won't we? Um, so obviously Greece and Portugal go through. In Group C, Sweden, Denmark, Italy and Bulgaria. And we're sending another super power nation home. Italy go. Um, Sweden, absolutely. Back in a minute. Look at some of these names that rolled off the tongue. Lundberg, Larsson, Henrik that is. Ibrahimovic playing. Well, he was supposed to go to this upcoming tournament, wasn't he? But he's got injured at the age of 40. Marcus Orwak, Esper Gronkiar, John Dahl Thomason. Martin Petrov. I mean, this is an absolute nostalgia trip. Inject it into me, Adam. Yeah, it feels like there's a lot of players that Birmingham City would have signed on freeze. We did get Jesper <laughs> Gronkio. It just feels like, yeah. I mean, Sweden, obviously 5-0 against Bulgaria, which was was an interesting one. I mean, they ended up winning the group, but obviously Italy was a big big surprise for, for a lot of people, I think. Three teams on five points, and again, goal difference comes down to it. Sweden stomping home in that first game, which saw them through against Bulgaria, and then um, Italy just not doing enough, not getting the goals, maybe too reliant on the old defending, Dave. Well, it was a tournament where Cassano really broke out as a player in European football, was at Bari, uh, then joined Roma and played a lot, you know, a lot at Roma, and this was the kind of the tournament where 
he was in the same category as Wayne Rooney, as, as young, talented players. You know, he was the next great number 10 uh, coming through the Italian ranks after, you know, Totti's obviously still knocking around at this point. Um, Baggio, obviously, in there as well. And it was his tournament, and they were a little bit unlucky to, to go out. You know, same points as Denmark. Denmark getting for own goal difference. I do feel for Italy in this tournament. I think they, they were they were a good side, but didn't quite get through. Group D sees Czech Republic, Netherlands, Germany, and Latvia. And to keep the narrative going, we send another super nation home. Germany, who've not quite got into full gear, but spoiler alert, they do quite well later on in life, um, go out in third place with two points. So in the first two Euros we've covered... Germany have not won a single game in six, and that's quite crazy to think of. Yeah, that's when what it comes we saw to transition. But but they had a, they had some good midfielders. Talks and Frings. The goal that he scored in the opening game against uh, the Netherlands was an unbelievable strike, an unbelievable through, hit. Dave. Just a great goal. Just it was. A, it was a, I don't know why, but I always imagine German midfielders banging in really good goals from 30, 40 yards in this mm. period of time where they didn't have much quality going forward. But they, they, the midfield was good. And it was, it was I think it was a, a crap from outside the box again. Some swerve on it. But I'm going to say now, the Czech Republic this tournament were my team of the tournament. They were unbelievable. Great team to watch. The hipster's choice. The hipster's choice for sure. I think they had a... You know, Karl Poborski was in the ranks in their most assists at the tournament. Barros. But Barros was yeah. unplayable. But he had a really good... They had a, a big man, little man partnership, similar that we would have in, oh, on the football yeah. pitch, Will, of Jan Collar. Jan Collar. And, yeah, and, and yeah. Milan Barros. And I think they were, they were a really good team at that point. It was kind of like... Uh, I think Nedved was still knocking around at the same yeah. point. Uh, Smitsa was there. It was a good side and they would, you know, three out of three wins. I think that was the best of any team in the first round. Go on, I'll give you that one. Yeah. Six, seven. Yeah. Correct, yep. Dave. You know your stats. Thanks. We should do that more. I mean, the the, the interesting one Go as on. well uh, with Germany is obviously they didn't get through. 2000 was, was terrible and we, we discussed in the Euro 2000 uh, when we went through that, that they had this kind of reset moment and they really kind of looked at, you know, restructuring their entire international kind of system and selection policy and whatever. And obviously in the 2002 World Cup, they got right to the final, didn't they? But it was, they didn't play that well. They weren't a good so, side. And they still had that transition phase and, and everyone, everyone knew they were quite lucky to get to that final in 2002. So it didn't surprise me too much that they didn't actually do well here. Do well here. Cause they st- I mean, they were kind of carried by Balak, weren't they, for, a, mm. for those couple of years from early 2000s to the mid-2000s and the same thing happened here in a way they had a couple of good players who were probably going to make it into that next phase but they still had a couple of hangers-on sort of thing so it didn't surprise me too much that they didn't make it through plus the Czech Republic were phenomenal yeah and then they knocked out Germany in that last uh, the last game a 2-1 win the Milan Barros goal is probably my goal of the tournament a great run by him I think he went past two German defenders and just passed the ball into the back of the net and it was it was a good moment for him as well. I think it was it showed you know his quality that he can do it against you know the traditional powerhouses in Germany, knocking them out of the, the European Championship. Well, this also ties into the the narrative that you know is any uh, experienced football manager player is never by a striker or a player that's had a successful tournament because. You know, it's more a, money, more money. Height, it's a very isolated. Can they do it over thirty-eight games? Exactly. Anyone can have a good run. What Barros went to Liverpool didn't really cut the mustard. Then he ended up at Villa didn't really cut the mustard, and um, <laughs> he just didn't really cut the mustard. Nice one to see Latvia in, which um, if you remember, Marion Pahars yeah. was leading them out. Which I all think we all got behind Latvia, didn't we? That tournament. Definitely. I would love a bit of Marion Pahars. Um, will there be more Marion Pahars chat in the next <laughs> part? There won't be because he got knocked out, and we're talking about the knockouts. Hello, um, hello there. What voice do you want me to do? 
I'll just do my voice. Do I? your voice. Yeah, thanks. Hello, I'm Joe Marlow. People think I hate people, but I don't. <laughs> I actually love interaction with people. I love finding out what jobs they do and whether I could do what they do. The Joe Marlow Show. Joe Marlow Show. With new episodes every Wednesday. When you bet fair on football, you get daily rewards. So any day can be a big deal. So whether it's a lower league match day, a top flight derby day, or a Champions League superstar showdown day, this week we're doubling our daily rewards. Get a 10 euro free bet when you bet 20 euro worth of multiples or bet builders. Double daily rewards because we're bet fair. Max 10 euros free bet per day. Each bet must have at least one selection of minimum odds of 1.5 or 1 to 2 or more. Free bet valid 24 hours on multiples or bet builders. T's and C's apply. 18 plus. Visit gamblingcare.ie. Acast recommends podcasts we love. If you are looking for a brand new true crime podcast, listen to The Making of a Detective, brought to you by The Irish Sun. The series is out right now and focuses on many of Ireland's most notorious cases and the man who once solved them. In episode one, Pat Murray's story begins with the historic 2007 conviction of the murderer Joe O'Reilly. Put his thumb up and he's going to see a Pat like, you know, as if to say, F you, you can't get me. Follow along as we share the dramatic details of each case. Download The Making of a Detective. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the critically acclaimed West Cork and the one you're listening to right now. Welcome back. We've chatted a lot about Marianne Pajars and that is the last time his name will be mentioned probably in this podcast going forward. It's time for the quarterfinals, knockout football ad and, you know, we've got the hope. We've come from the group stages. Wayne Rooney, four goals in those three games and we're optimistic going in. Well, me and you are, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Dave's not. He, he says calm down, but um, I'm all in. I'm thinking to myself, listen, I know Portugal have done well, barring the Greece result in that opening game. Mm-hmm. They've done. They've looked good. Ronaldo's looking dangerous. Um, they've got some great players like Manish. He, he was good in that tournament. I think they had Costinha as well. They had a defensive midfielder. They had some... Rui Costa was still knocking about. They had a really, really strong team, but I know I wasn't fearing them. No. I thought, we've got Rooney. We're England. Exactly. We've got Rooney. We've St. got... George. You know, we, we're playing well. Um, those final two group stage matches... We scored seven goals in two games. Mm. Why should we be worried? And you look at it, and I mean, great start for England. Again, it's the it's the vintage one nil up after three minutes, and what I would describe as a a unique finish, Dave, by Michael Owen on the turn. Sort of, I don't know. It's like a scissors kick, but not a scissors kick. Sort of. Just the classic Michael Owen poacher's effort, always being alive, always having that yard of pace to to get on the end of the it's ball. Like a karate volley, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, sort of like side on right foot past the goalkeeper. And it put England in, in a lead and a, in an advantageous position for, th- for once th- again. For 80 minutes, we led the game. And then another one to fit into this, never by a striker, definitely, off the back of a European success, is Helder Postiga. Yeah. Because he went to Spurs and absolutely stunk the joint out. Yeah. But did equalise in the 83rd <laughs> minute, which took us to extra time. No golden goal this time, which is in our favour because Rui Costa bangs one in. And it's an absolute screamer. It's ridiculous. It is a screamer. It is hit hard. But I think because David James is in goal... He's I, made it look better than it was. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone would have saved it. But the fact David James is in goal just makes me think someone, Ian Walker, might have got you know <laughs> one of his lo- luscious locks to it. Unless it had been scripts like the blobby penalty. But, yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I think that 
like you say, great strike. And at that point, Doom and gloom. what's, I mean, I, remember, I seem to remember Sol Campbell was, had a moment. Yeah, he did. Was that before the, I can't remember, before no, the no, Costa goal? Or? So it's, I th- oh, can't, it's after the Costa goal. I was just trying yeah. to think it was after the Lampard goal. But he's either to, to draw it level or it was like a winner. It might have even been a winner because I just remember, again, watch this, that, watch this at home and I remember my dad and Son Campbell scored. He was just levering the sofa, just going, yeah. Was it a leather sofa? No, no, it wasn't, believe oh, it or no. not. Um, and he was hitting it and I had to sort of like intervene. He was in the zone. I said, yeah. Dad, it's, it's been disallowed. And he was crestfallen. I think he was slightly embarrassed that he'd gone all in and hit the sofa as well. Well, but. That, that should have been allowed, shouldn't it, as well? And There's nothing wrong with that. Well, and because we get, throw back to the 98 World Cup and he had one disallowed there and yeah. that shouldn't have been disallowed. So it's just a bit of doom and gloom around Sol Campbell. But yeah, he's just like, don't go up for corners, mate, because you're going to get a disallowed goal. Terry wins a header, knocks it down to Lampard. He bangs it in. We're going to penalties. My first tournament was 98, so it started off with doom and gloom in a penalty shootout. This is the first doom and gloom of the modern era, it feels like. Yeah. This is where the hoodoo starts. We didn't have it in 2000, we didn't have it in 2002, did we? We just got cleanly knocked out in both of them. So this is the first one, really, where since the the 90s, this is where we, straight away the, the whole stress of penalties kicked kick back in for us. The players we were putting forward for the penalties, I actually felt fairly confident. Yeah. I thought, you know what, we're going to have a decent chance here. They looked, you know... Well, Beckham's the- already missed one in the tournament against... If we didn't mention that France game, we were one nil up, and Beckham misses a penalty in that game. Yeah, um, and then he wasn't this he, the one where he, he blamed the spot. Yeah, he blamed the spot. Was it like sand on the penalty spot? And he kind of he did this really kind of over the top gesture with his arms to say, "One of them, this is bollocks." Yeah. I want to deal with this. So he missed one, but he'd also scored one in two thousand and two. And I felt like you know, captain, I feel like he's going to do it. I was confident he was going to do dodgy it. Dodgy ball. No, this is it, mate. I know you don't know where it's swerving everywhere. Shitty contours so, on it. So he's missed, um, and then Splitting obviously anything, anything apart from the lack of like <laughs> tactical flexibility what, what, when you play a midfield of, of Paul Scholes, David Beckham, Gerard and Scholes, and then you're bringing on Phil Neville years. in a in a in this game to try and nullify the opposition when you have Owen Hargreaves on the pitch uh, on the bench and you have Nicky Bott on the bench you could bring on to solidify things with one goalie. No, it's the pitch. It's the I'd ball. Like to it's see David Beckham on a, on a, on a, on a yeah, sand-based pitch. Sorry, when was that time you played beach football, pal? I'm actually quite good actually, on beach football. You know I, just said, I just said something there. I remember that when we went got knocked out in this, they asked Michael Owen at the end and he was going, I think it's a sand-based pitch. He was like really, really? he yeah, was unhappy yeah. the fact, he, he was like, I've never played in a sand-based pitch before. <laughs> so listen, we had that going against us. Exactly. It's just it's just difficult to admit that we were that Portugal were the better team and they beat bollocks. us. Bollocks. Absolute bollocks. Do you think they're the be- they 18 the- minutes oh. we led that game for. It's just, 18 it's minutes. Bigger. It's a, it's a bigger. It's, it's hot in there. <laughs> I think John Terry's used to these put It was in their backyard as well, Dave. So we are pro like could we have officials the against only, us. The oh. only way you improve as a footballing nation is if you admit when you're wrong and admit when you get it wrong. Well, I'd like well, to see where we've gone wrong here, Dave. So, Deco Put his away. Another great player of that yeah. era for Portugal. Somehow, Rui Costa missed. Ronaldo scored. Manish scored. Pastigo. Don't forget all our players scored. After Becca missed, Owen Lampard, yeah. Terry Hargreaves, Ashley Cole Don't forget that. scored as well. Then it comes up to Darius Vassell, who I, I think should I never... Think you're, you're, he shouldn't mi- have been taking we're, a penalty. We're missing off a big part here. Doesn't Ricardo step up first? Their no, goalkeeper no. steps up. Well, no, does he I, score the no, winner? No, the this winner. is the crazy thing, right? So basically, Beckham missed. Then England score... Four penalties on the trot. Now, I was reading about Ricardo, and he said he couldn't get near any of the penalties. There were good penalties, to be fair, by England. And he was like, right, good I've finish. got to change something in my routine here. So he, was going, he goes, right, I'll just take my gloves off. 
So he actually wore no gloves for Vassell's penalty, right? Saves it with no goalie gloves on, gets up and smashes the winning penalty yeah. in. Another <laughs> letdown from. Like, I've never. And how can we calculate for that, Dave? Well, all I'm going to say is uh, another another lad from Birmingham has let England down once again, and we don't well, talk he's about Villa. it. But no, but can you imagine? This is this is. Uh, can you imagine David James doing that for us? He, he saves a penalty with no gloves on, gets up and smashes in the winning penalty. He just added added insult to injury for me. If Stuart Pearce was in charge, he probably would have put. Yeah, to be fair, on. mate, he'd have been penalty number one. <laughs> the rice. Have you ever heard the story about uh, the team sacrificing a goat in front of the rice for sale? Joined for Series 3 of 21st Century Football. Uh, Portugal go through. We I go. felt for Vassell, though. I did feel for Vassell. I did, because I actually thought under Sven, he, he, he was all right. He used to come on and, and, and he had plenty of pace and he used to kind of change it up a little bit. And obviously, he got a lot of chances because Owen was injured quite a lot. And I felt like after that, it just it really psychologically kind of impacted him, I think, moving forward. But you know what? These things happen. <laughs> You know, it's Dave's there going, we deserve to lose. It's tournament, it's tournament football, Dave, anything can happen, especially when you've got dodgy officials. Um, <laughs> France versus Greece. Now, they are the current holders of the European trophy uh, and they're going against Greece. You know, Greece are doing well. They're sort of, you know, the party team. Everyone's getting The party out. team? Yeah. Czech know. Republic with a party team? No, Greece were the, the old aeroplane parking the bl- flaming aeroplane in front of their goal. No, <laughs> there was nothing pretty about that footballing team. Well, let's get things right now. Let's get it correct. <laughs> let's not pretend that England got knocked out because they were the better team against Portugal. 80 minutes, Greece was shocking. 80 they were minutes. awful to watch. 80 minutes, Dave. Chris, is it Karasteus. 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 Who is actually, I mean, the fact he was a kind of a, your typical big powerful centre forward and he really kind mm. of he dictated the style of play for Greece didn't he very much kick it up I to him <laughs> <laughs> well he was a target man for him yeah, wasn't he yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean and oh he, what you're saying Greece didn't deserve to win do you? is I that am, what you're yeah, saying pretty much yeah <laughs> I'm going to be fucking <laughs> but it was, yeah. you know what yeah, it's one know. of them things <laughs> where you know you see it in club football so often where you've got to play to your strengths because exactly. if they just started trying to knock it about they're going to get outplayed by all the teams aren't they so you think well what if we've got we've got a big man up front who can get an head on it let's play it up to him and obviously it's worked. Yeah, I agree with you, Dave. It wasn't pretty. Look, it wasn't, a, it wasn't there's great there's football there's standards. The Czech Republic had a big, big man up front, but they were the, the top scorers at the tourney. So I suppose they had other players around as well that can make things you're, happen. You're exactly right. Look at Birmingham City. We've got the, <laughs> we've got the Duke. We haven't played all season. Starts playing, knock it into the back post, he scores. But, but football t- simple. This was very much a tournament of like, you know, to go up to what you said, Will, is players that had notoriously not done that well in the Premier League mm. or in, in, in English football in general. And they seem to be lighting it up. Theo Zagarakis, who I think was the captain for Greece, he ended up becoming one of the players of the tournament just because he was so instrumental in what they were doing. You know, what I mean, I think he was, he was a shit house. He, he was booting the ball up long, I think, yeah, for yeah, uh, yeah. for Karisteus. But no, had, he like, actually, I think he's like set piece. He's actually a good player. Yeah, and he played. He had a couple. I have anything said about bad about him? A couple right. of scenes, decent lad. But he had a couple of scenes at Leicester where he was kind of pretty average at Leicester. I think mm. uh, they had Delas as well, who had actually played for Sheffield United previously. And then he'd I gone. think they were a lot of those lads had played in Italy, played for Inter Milan, played for Roma. Yeah, those I think two he got players, his big move. And then they went to the yeah. Premier League afterwards when they were sort of in the descendants of their career. Let's yeah. put it that way. Is it a bit like the Iceland syndrome, where we're you know as England we can be very like you know a bit snotty, a bit hooty tooty, a bit you know look down on those on these nations, and especially back in 2004, these teams can spring a surprise when the ability's there but just because we think they're a small nation we go yeah, no definitely yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely a case no of, no they, uh, they were awful they weren't a good football team they won the, we have to they, remember they, won, they, the they won it but they were, def- they were a defensive team they beat France Dave they were a defensive side well, let's got, not let's not there's, celebrate there's them more than as one footballing way to, gods to chop an orange Dave yeah I know this but you, we can't rewrite the past and say that they were a good footballing team who won the tournament they weren't a good footballing team 
They, they've won the tournament, yeah, but they're not a good football they, they team. Great, they had great team spirit, though. Yeah, exactly. They, they have, they, they, there was that about them. Thank you. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and you, there is a lot to be said for that, that togetherness, and you really felt that, that as a squad. You know, no one was, they were never pro- professed to be the great football inside. Exactly. But I think people were rooting for them the, the further it went. And it, I think sometimes people like a bit of an upset, don't they, Dave? They had, a, they had newspaper <laughs> they clippings of Dave's slander on the wall, and they went, we'll beat that man. That was a great catch there. <laughs> we're, we're doing this to anti stat Statman. <laughs> the 14 year old Statman Days report. You've seen his bloody Statman Days video. <laughs> <laughs> Saying we're not progressive. They'd, they'd seen his 14 year old scrawlings in it. No, yeah. you just have to can't go back and rewrite the past that they were good. They'd seen Statman we Days ring binder. <laughs> they'd seen his ring binder from when he was 14, all the, all the anti Greek. They're ter- terrible football inside, that's it. you got to remember that. Let's move away from Greece for now because we do talk a little bit more about them as the tournament goes on. Uh, Sweden versus Netherlands uh, ends in penalties. The Dutch get through on that one and then Milan Barros continues his scoring fun and Jan Koller gets on there they beat Denmark which leaves us with a final four of Portugal Netherlands Greece and Czech Republic now if you're going into this final four knowing what not knowing what you know now I'm going Netherlands Czech Republic aren't you yeah yeah yeah, Czech Republic Portugal I think Portugal I felt like once they'd beat England I felt that they're emboldened and Ronaldo was growing as a player as the tournament went on. And and you look around and at the players that he had around him as well. Was this around the this is around the time of like that Porto team as well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, so they had, they, had a, they had a lot of winners in there. I think that was one of the things. Deco was in there. Yeah, Manish. Costinha, Manisha midfield, Nuno Valente. Yeah. Carvalho as well, Ricardo Carvalho. Carvalho. Is this so, post Champions League. Miguel. Yeah, this is post they won the Champions League in a bench of Rui Costa. Remember yeah. Simao as well was quite yeah. good when he came off the bench. Previously already spoke about Helder Postiga. Yeah. So um, they, they had, they had a, a, a good squad, to be fair. And you never know with the Netherlands in a tournament, do you? You're you not, just you, never know. You're, not, you're not, not too sure what's going to happen. So for me, I would have gone 100% Czech Republic going to make it to the final because they'd been, as Dave said, they'd been probably the best team up until up until that moment of the semis. But yeah, Portugal, Netherlands could have gone either way. Ronaldo, Manish and Andrade um, own goal as well. But, you know, I don't know. I, I, it was hard to call really that game. Um, and then, well, Greece win another game 1-0 this one goes through extra time um, so sadly that does tie into Dave's narrative that they were quite defensive and, and not playing <laughs> very good football but you know you've got to win the games that you're in front of you they've neutralised Milan Baros the tournament's top goal scorer Jan Collar's not had a sniff Ned Fed neutralised they've done their job they've Thomas done the homework Rizitsky, but it was a very very good team a fun team was they, they be- should have won it look they should have won it was this the becoming of Thomas Rizitsky is this the first time he'd have been on the you know on like a uh, a simpleton's radar like myself. No, I think he was at Arsenal at that point. I think no. he, I think he went to. I think was he was at Dortmund. I, I think he was at Euro 2000. But he was one no, of the he was youngest. At, yeah, he was at Borussia Dortmund. Still, he's he one of the youngest one, players yeah. in, in Euro 2000. Still had, uh, a Nedved captain in the side as well. That's think yeah, that that generation of, of Czech Republic players were incredible. But ultimately, it's like the Dutch side, isn't it? I feel like they've always had fantastic yeah. talent and just. But unfortunately, you know, Greece. That the, you say the gameplay, they've managed to nullify that, that kind of attack-minded Czech Republic side and then Delas, the former Sheffield United centre-back. Did it for who, Warnock? He did. And that, that's Remember it. he ripped and, his shirt off and he said, this one's for Warnock. And he obviously, then he ended up playing in Italy and he ultimately, after this tournament, got a move to Roma. And I mean, he became regarded as one of the great... Cent- they loved him. At the time, they were like, this guy's incredible. Yeah. Mm, it is tricky, isn't it? Before we get to the final, uh, let's you know recap uh, an amazing tournament because... The final's not the greatest, um, but who was your favourite player, Dave, of the Euros? Milan Barros, isn't it? Got to mm, be. No, he played for Villa. So player of the tournament by, by a mile. 
Really, really good performances. I think that, again, going back to it, the relationship with Jan Collar was good. Old school partnership. What about you, Adam? Rooney. Rooney? Rooney. Yeah. All day. I think, you know what, if, if Jan got injured in that game, and it's a big if, but... And ultimately, you know, I get what Dave's saying about if you're not good enough, you're not good enough. But I just think he became such an important player. I mean, we didn't really know if he was necessarily going to start in that tournament because he was still, I thought maybe he might be an impact sub, but he became, he was just by far our best player. And then losing him, as soon as he went off the pitch, I thought, oh God, something, I think... Something's not right. Yeah, and I, for me, if we'd have stayed fit... It's a big if, but I think we could have gone all the way. I do think of all the tournaments we've not we've been knocked out. Will's of, just been talking about how good Greece were. How were England supposed to beat Greece without Wayne Rooney or with Wayne Rooney? We'd have found a way. Obviously, down. the greatest yeah, think, side in world football. I think we, we were the most exciting TNA's player in the in the world at the time. I think that he would have uh, outfoxed our last. We'd have gone fucking toe to toe with him and Heskey up top and just got round him. <laughs> yeah, Heskey, just fucking get round him. Pushing over Dallas. Um, uh, no, I think for me, Rooney. Uh, yeah. I, w- I would say Karasteus, Zagarakis, Zagarakis. Uh, you know, some some of those yeah. guys, you know, for Greece. He didn't play the best football, but in terms of sheer spirit, you've got to kind of take your half to, haven't you, really? What was the greatest match of the tournament, Dave? I think the Czech Republic-Germany game was a good one. Uh, the 2-1 win in the group stages. I think that was probably a, an open game with, with two sides that needed to win the game. So I think I'd, I'd put that up there. I, I don't think this was a great tournament. No? It's not going to go down a memory of being a great tournament. I don't think we've got the same vibe as 2000, where you've got um, Yugoslavia, you've got the Netherlands popping off. It wasn't, apart from the Czech Republic, there weren't many teams that you look at and think, I like that team. England probably won, but obviously they crashed out at the quarterfinal stages. What about you, Adam? I'd agree with Dave about the Czech Republic. Um, I think that 3-2 against Netherlands as well, which you look at that Netherlands team, again, we say this about Netherlands in all, all those mm. tournaments in the 2000s, incredible. Van Nistelrooy had quite a good tournament as well, by the way. He's got Ian Robin was there. Robin, the, you know, Seidorf, a, good, a very good traditional Netherlands team. Yeah, and they still had a really strong side. And for... The Czech Republic to beat them 3-2. Again, it's the Barros and Collar connection. Mm. Vladimir Smyser scored one as well. But yeah, I'd probably, I'm going to say, I remember at the time thinking that away from England, Czech Republic were definitely the most exciting team in the tournament. So I'd probably agree and say it's probably one of the Czech games. I think the the high scoring Sweden game as well was just for the sheer goals. I think it was the 5-0 against Bulgaria. I mean, you really want to say the final, but you can't really. It wasn't. It's exciting in the sense that you got a winner that you didn't expect, but it wasn't. It wasn't. They weren't a great side to watch, Dave. I'll give you that. Well, that, why? <laughs> so we just you berated me for ten minutes, no, and then no, we're back no, saying that I was right no, and Greece were rubbish. No, they no, weren't rubbish. They weren't rubbish, Dave, because they've just won the European Championship. But we're talking exciting games. You can define what I define rubbish is different to, to winning. So you'd rather so you'd rather have a good team but get knocked out in the quarters. Oh, absolutely. No. Get the fans. The fans <laughs> on side. If we, if we win every game 1-0 in extra time or late on, I'm taking that and running to the bank. And that's why you support Birmingham City and I support Manchester United. Different philosophies in life. Wow. Oh, shots fired. Um, but apart, well, I was trying to sit down and there was a 12-minute <laughs> highlights, uh, which absolutely fantastic work by the editor to get 12 minutes out of that <laughs> Portugal-Greece final. Um, apart from the goal, has anyone got anything else to say about what is, to be fair to Dave, one of the stains on, uh, on modern football? Um, Karastea scored. Rui Costa's goal against England, again, brilliant but yeah. also seeing a goalkeeper save a penalty with no gloves on yeah just blew my mind is that your <laughs> iconic reason. moment I just I think for me like you said I said earlier it just added insult to injury he saved a penalty 
and then jumped up and it seemed like he did it all in one motion as well. It's like he's gone bang, saved it. Just ran up and smashed it. What a penalty, by the way, as well by Ricardo. Just so, to win it. Yeah, for me. Walk-off moment. Yeah, if it's not if it's not a Greece-related moment, it's going to have to be that for me. It's just an everlasting... While well, Doraz Vassell's crying his eyes out in the corner, Ricardo's just stepped up and smashed an unbelievable penalty. Straight past David James. Dave? Done. Dumped out the tournament. Who? Oh. England gone. You seen that? That's you your seen iconic moment. Happy about it. He's so pleased. That we <laughs> I, didn't think, win no, it. I, I think that that was decent. That's the Irish in him. That's the O'Brien. Maybe. What's your iconic moment? That I you, think that you the, can't the, have that. You sick. There, there isn't. Uh, this is why I want to try and reflect with this tournament. There wasn't that many iconic moments. No. <laughs> Any Marion Pahar shouts? He's probably had too many shouts already. He's yeah, got, he's yeah, done he very well for you've himself. Got, you've given him a, a, a big ride. Here. Do you I reckon that talk, what, what about, I think what the Torsten the... Frings goal at the start of the tournament probably my favourite goal. I, 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 there might be an argument to say it was like the, the, the full kind of onset of Ronaldo maturing as a player almost. Do you know what I mean? We saw him become yeah. really... He was still really young, wasn't he, in this mm. tournament? What was he, 19 something maybe? Would he something like no, that? No, I think it would have been 20. 20. He, was a, he was still a young player because he yeah. signed for United, what? the year before or something mm. like that so we saw him becoming such a key component of that Portugal team and you almost kind of took more well, I notice think that, I think the, the, the future was bright for Manchester United I think you can take from that Rooney obviously going to join Ronaldo God, yeah. doing bits as well and then, you know you look at that and you think oh, this is going pretty well yeah. right there we have it Euro 2004 done and dusted as Dave would say a stain on modern tournament football over the last 20 years you um, should really just remove it from the internet, you know, rewrite the news, just pretend it was a year off that year in 2004. All right, we'll pretend that Emil Heskey scored the winner in the final against Czech Republic. that work for anyone else? Jan Collar. Fine. Hat-trick. Oh, shut up, Dave. <laughs> Have you enjoyed it? Loved it, mate. Yeah, do you know what? For me, actually, I really enjoyed the tournament. I, I, just from an England perspective, for me, it was one of the best... Um, England performances at a tournament in terms of didn't get as far as you know we have done since but just with sheer excitement especially around Rooney loved it if you enjoyed 2004 from an England perspective you're going to hate 2008 because the Wally with a brolly didn't get as qualified but football still happened it was a bit weird and we'll be talking about it thank you Ad cheers mate loved it cheers Dave a great tournament 2008 a A bit better than this one give you that got a little uh, grease shirt for you in my back and we'll see you soon It sound right, boy. Crowd Network, a place where you belong. When you bet fair on football, you get daily rewards. So any day can be a big deal. So whether it's a lower league match day, a top flight derby day, or a Champions League superstar showdown day, this week we're doubling our daily rewards. Get a 10 euro free bet when you bet 20 euro worth of multiples or bet builders. Double daily rewards because we're bet fair. Max 10 euros free bet per day. Each bet must have at least one selection of minimum odds of 1.5 or 1 to 2 or more. Free bet valid 24 hours on multiples or bet builders. T's and C's apply. 18 plus visit gamblingcare.ie. Social Podcast Network. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.